You are now listening to Four Below Fantasy Football Podcast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening. This is the Four Below Fantasy Football Podcast. Important. And with special guest, little boy, Austin. Austin, why don't you go ahead and say hello first to all our listeners out there. Hey, I'm not a little boy. Come on, dude. He's a big kid now. All right, Sam, why don't you say hi to everybody. Hey, and with that quarantine saying, June 1st, restaurants are somewhat opening in Minnesota. So at least we're slowly getting shit back here. So You're right, slowly opening for those that have patios. Thank you, Governor Tim Wells. You <laughs> suck. Thanks. On to Trevor. Hey, how's it going, guys? Wow. That's it? Okay. <laughs> James, let's go, buddy. Let's let's get some energy going on here tonight. Oh, hey, how's it going, guys? Oh, yeah, I'm your. Oh, yeah. Let's oh. go, boys. Let's talk about some late fifth and sixth and seventh round wide receivers oh, that none of God. us even care about. But all right, that's this, all right. This isn't a sound effect. Ready? Here we go. Sam, kick us off. All right. Well, yeah, we'll get into some of these guys and maybe the few that we think potentially could maybe have a little bit of fantasy value. Probably not, though. Uh, let's start off with the fifth round, and we got, for QBs, we got Jake Fromm going to Buffalo, running backs Jason Huntley going to Detroit, wide receivers, you got Joe Reed to the Chargers, you got Tyler Johnson to Tampa Bay, Colin Johnson to the Jacksonville Jaguars, Quintez Cephas to Detroit, John Hightower to Philadelphia, Isaiah Coulter to Houston, Darnell Mooney to Chicago, KJ Osborne to Minnesota, and that was the fifth round for fantasy relevant players. Um, obviously, we're not going to do what we've been doing with the past couple rounds and going into them all. There's a pretty big drop off after that uh, fourth round, so um, I think we should just jump right into our favorite boy, the the Minnesota bred himself, Tyler Johnson. So. I know we've talked about him on previous ones. I know when we did that little rookie mock draft, I brought him up at the end, um, saying he was saying I liked him as a late second before the draft. Obviously, we all kind of knew he was wasn't going to get have the draft capital to be picked like that in fantasy football. But Tyler Johnson goes to a pretty solid situation. I know we've talked about him talent wise. He's big wide receiver, good hands. Can catch the ball. His stats back it up at Minnesota. Um, not the quickest guy, not the fastest off the line. Um, I don't know. I I think I think this was a really good landing spot. You also been hearing some rumors that potentially because they got to pay Chris Godwin. Potentially they move on from Mike Evans in the future. I think Tyler Johnson has a great opportunity to be that third wide receiver in this offense. Um, I don't know. What do you guys have to say about Tyler Johnson? Yeah, I think he's a pretty good receiver. He's got a lot of people in front of him, though, to work through in that offense. So Scotty, it might take him this? a little bit. Yeah, he's got Scotty but, Miller there. He's got uh, who else? Yeah. There's a few other, few other guys in there, which is true. And obviously well, the tight end situations, too. I could which, see him being the wide receiver three there, but I don't think he's making it past Mike Evans or Godwin for target share. Oh, God, no. No, of course not. But I think uh, Rashad Perriman leaving town, though, definitely helps his cause for that, that third third wide receiver spot there. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's got a really good chance, actually, of carving out a role. I, I don't know how, like, fantasy relevant he's ever going to be, especially I don't, I don't really see Tom Brady slinging the ball a whole lot. There's not going to be nearly as many as 
interceptions as there would have been with Jameis Winston, obviously. Okay. So there's not going to be probably as many pass attempts. Um, but one thing I guess you could say is that uh, Brady will spread the ball around a little bit. So maybe if he uh, comes in right away with his pretty good route running that he has showcased, um, gets open enough, he might he might at least get a few uh, receptions. Yeah, and I, I think we all liked his tape. I think he played really well for mm-hmm. Minnesota. It was fun watching him here. Uh, it's one of those guys that this you're not taking him for a long time in your rookie drafts, maybe middle of the fourth round. I was going to say mid-fourth. is a Mid-fourth, if you really like him, early fourth. But, yeah, mid-fourth yeah. or even potentially late fourth if you don't like him. But Yeah, no, and, and with that, you're, you're, you're just – having a dart throw in he's not a bad dart throw for the middle of the fourth i mean he's he's a good player and it, you're not going to expect much rookie season or even maybe even second season but oh. if mike evans does leave it could open the door for he, a lot of targets yeah he's the guy you throw on your taxi squad for two years spencer i know you have your hand up yeah you know i i'm gonna just kind of say something i mean and you guys kind of gave a good i don't need to sit here and we all need to pat each other on the back for a take but imagine being tyler johnson you just got drafted by the buccaneers and you're playing with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, like well, those and years. and Mike Evans and Chris and, Godwin. I mean, not that like we said, not that players teach each other, but you got guys you yeah, can what watch. A, what a group and, to learn from, really. Exactly, oh, but amazing. I mean, look, look. I mean, just imagine. I mean, this guy's just a few years younger than us, and you just joined a team with the greatest quarterback of all time. He's going to be in your locker room. You're going to be literally wearing the same jersey as him. How? I mean, uh, I'm just going to kind of fangirl for the fact that Tyler Johnson gets to say he's on a team with Tom Brady and Gronk. How cool is that? I think it is really cool for him learning wise, and like we like I think what Trevor just said, one or two years he might not even be relevant, and by the time Tom's gone, like he might not be like potentially relevant until Tom's gone. He's a guy you leave on your taxi squad. But if like we said, if he Tyler, if if they don't want to sign Mike Evans and they got Chris Godwin as their guy and they want Tyler Johnson to be that big threat, that big body guy, he could. I mean, he has that potential long term. I mean, not right away, but maybe two, three, four years down the road, being somewhat fantasy relevant. Yeah, James. Um, and then uh, I guess another thing, too, it, it, it doesn't really – there's no stats behind it. It's definitely like a narrative-driven thing. But on draft day, Bruce Arians looked absolutely ecstatic to get Tyler Johnson there. Um, and, and who knows, you know, what what his plans are for him. But that's at least uh, nice to see that he was pretty excited to get the guy in his team. For sure. Oh, yeah. And I don't like to get into hypotheticals, but if Tyler Johnson would have done the – combine do you guys think he still would have been a fifth rounder do you think he could have moved up to the fourth or third i think he had the potential to be a late third early fourth if he would have done that combine i know that combines don't judge a player but with everything that happened this year and him not getting that chance at a pro day like i think his draft stop could have gone up even if he had if he had shown himself a little bit there definitely i don't think it could have gone down much more um unless he really ran a bad time but I can't imagine he would have ran something like past four sevens. You know what I mean? Oh and, God, no! Like, I think it could have probably only really helped his draft stock. I agree with you there. Yeah. All right, Austin. I'm gonna have you since you're our you're our late round guy, and that's why we got you here today. Give us give us one of your guys out of these wide receivers. Obviously, I don't think we're gonna touch on obviously the QB. We're not going to that Jason Huntley. We're not gonna touch on. But yeah. give me one of those receivers that you like that was in the fifth round. Uh, my favorite receiver out of this bunch is probably Quintez Cephas. He he's a wide receiver to Michigan. I mean Wisconsin, but he looked really good on tape. But like the only thing that people are down on him for now is that he ran like a four seven in the forty at the combine. 
And I don't think that's like a whole big deal because he ran a four five six right after that his pro day. I was gonna say, uh, how does his film? How, how does his film speed look? That's I, I haven't watched looks, any of his film. He looks but. a lot faster on tape than the four seven that he ran at the uh, combine. Yeah, but he's a and he's, he's also, a physical he's a really good too. receiver. Yeah, yeah, really I think physical does everything pretty well. I think he could be a pretty good receiver for Detroit in like a year or two, because they have like Detroit has options out of every one of the receivers right now next year. So if they don't sign like Marvin Jones or something, he could have a pretty big role in that offense. Yeah, I think he's probably out of these guys the best late round guy to try and go after. Um, Obviously, I think everyone at this point has heard uh, Akuda talk about how this was the toughest guy for him to uh, guard that he played this last year. Um, and like you're saying, I, I think he I, he's definitely faster than what he ran at the at the combine. And I, I remember he was saying, too, that he didn't practice, he didn't train for the combine at all or for the 40 specifically. And, you know, that's all those guys spend like probably two months out of the year preparing for that every year and to not do it I, I feel like he just wasn't concerned about it and probably to his detriment but definitely not something to be super concerned about I don't think and one interesting stat with him is he uh was the leading receiver obviously for Wisconsin but um by quite a bit he had 900 yards 901 I guess and the next closest was at 407 so over double the next um receiving target and on top of that uh, Wisconsin just really didn't throw the ball that much. I mean, no. Jonathan Taylor almost had as many rushing yards as they had passing, so it, it was a little bit of a gap. But it, it, I mean, both in the 2000s, so that's crazy. It, yeah, he was definitely used the most, and they don't use um, the passing game as much. And also, just to touch on his team situation too, there's not a whole lot ahead of him there to get that wide receiver three position. And with Marvin Jones being what 31, yeah, 32. Yeah, and I've, yeah, and like Marvin Jones is gonna have to uh, obviously move on from this team at some point. So I I think he could not necessarily get that number two spot for sure, but there's there's a chance. He's he's gonna get yeah. the opportunity. I think that's all you can ask for with these later guys. Um, another guy I kind of wanted to just, and this isn't, and this is more based off of situation and a guy that he's a, and we're talking again, we're talking here, we're talking fifth rounders, sixth rounders in your rookie draft guys that you're going to take a shot on. If you need to take a shot on one guy, who should you go for? And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that Isaiah Coulter for Houston and it is purely based off opportunity. Isaiah Coulter is a pretty, pretty decent sized guy from Rhode Island. He was 6'2", 198, smaller size but he ran a 4.45, so a pretty fast guy. And I just think with the situation and the wide receivers they have in um, in Houston right now, I think he has all the opportunity that if he uh, if he can take advantage of it, he's a, he could potentially be a good player. And obviously, he's one of those guys that I think you must you I think you'll probably know after year one what you can potentially have out of him. But that's what you're looking for in the later one. You are looking for a guy that you want to see something, you want to hear good things in uh, in practice, and you want and you want the uh, you you just you want that opportunity when you're getting down here. Yeah, who do we got uh, next? On uh, anyone got a particular guy they want to bring some well, light to here? I I would maybe th- um, throw John Hightower and Quez Watkins in together. Just um, I. 
I mean, I liked both of them. I, I think they got drafted in adequate spots. I wasn't like super high on them or anything, but just with the totally open um, floor that they have at uh, Philadelphia, there's there's no one. I mean, they have they drafted Rager, but we don't know he could bust. This is a spot where they don't have any wide receivers that they're committed to right now. JJ was unimpressive to say the least last year. Um, just to get a guys at late dart throws that actually have a chance to uh, perform, especially Quez Watkins because he was a, a burner. He ran in the four threes, and that could really uh, replace their Deshaun Jackson role. Obviously, Rager is fast too, but uh, it, I don't know. I could see either one of those uh, making a step this year for sure. They're late late round guys, and you're looking for opportunity. And Philadelphia says, hey. If you if you can play if you if you can get on the field and run a route for us you can play I mean last year they had guys that they had to pull up off practice squads I mean so they these guys have opportunity and if you're throwing a dart in the sixth round and you you might as well throw a dart at a guy that has opportunity. Um, do we want to talk about being mostly Minnesota Vikings fans here? Do we want to talk about KJ at all? Kick returner, special yeah. teamer. I think yeah. he'd be great for us in that potential. I think he has potential yeah. to be great in that. I don't think he has any. And not fantasy, but yeah, for the Minnesota. He won't side, be fantasy relevant, but yeah. He's a guy that could be a he could potentially carve out his spot on the special teams. I mean, that's all I'm able to see for him. But um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything? Anyone else you want to touch in here? I mean, you got the Colin Johnson. Colin Johnson kind of sucks, but he's in a good, decent situation with not a lot of receivers there. Um, James, yeah. look like you got a guy. I'll, you uh, I'll just bring up on. Darnell Mooney here quick. Um, drafted to the Bears, um, and. Taylor Gabriel was, I think, was he traded? I'm not you sure. Know, he, he just wasn't. He was released. He was released. released. He okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, not on the team anymore. And uh, Darnell Mooney is a guy who ran a 4.38. Um, he had a pretty good breakout age uh, target share for his smaller school. Um, but he is kind of an undersized guy as well. But I do think he's going to come right in and probably take over that Taylor Gabriel role. He might have to um, compete with, I think, Ted Ginn's there now. So uh, he probably doesn't have an immediate role, but he could definitely impress in practice. And then obviously for the future, um, that could be his his role in that offense, kind of the, the deep shot guy. I think that's the most interesting part about this fifth round is besides, I would say, Joe Reed and K.J. Osborne, all these guys, like, they might not be that talented, obviously, because they're fifth rounders, but they all have pretty decent opportunity that they can take advantage of. And that's what you're looking for with a lot of these guys, so... Yeah, I'd imagine at least one of them will uh, end up being a, a fantasy-relevant guy. Exactly. No, for sure. Anything, right. Anyone else you guys want to touch on here? Should I move on into the sixth round here? I'll just yeah. say something oh. quick here. I got Isaiah Coulter's another guy that I kind of like here. He's uh went to Houston, and they don't have like the greatest wide receiver depth on that yeah. team right now. And they also get injured a lot, so he could make his way into being kind of relevant pretty easily. No, for easy, sure. Easy. We're not going to talk about injuries on Houston this year. They're going to be fully <laughs> healthy receivers and have amazing seasons. Yeah. Well, again, Will Fuller just hurt himself uh, walking down his stairs. Yeah. Yes. Will Fuller oh. hurts himself by opening a door. But do not mention Brandon Cooks and the C word. Thank you very much. Concussion. No. It's okay. I, a little off tangent. We joined. <laughs> Uh, I joined a 32-man league that Sam and I are talking through. It's like a 32-man keeper league. And 
uh, we drafted Brandon Cooks in one of our rounds. And this one of the guys in the league said, oh, yeah, I really like that pick, except for the concussions. And I said, how dare you never <laughs> say the C word in fantasy? <sighs> Piece of oh, shit. <laughs> so we don't say the C word on this podcast. We're very, we're good about that. Both of them. But let's move into the sixth round. So uh, I'm, yes. Did, did anyone bring up Joe Reed at all? No, I didn't touch on, I, 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 Joe, Austin, do you, you, you drafted him in our league, didn't you? Yeah. Um, you got he's any, like, like any nuggets on him? I know he's a really good special teamer. Like, I think he yeah. had better special teams production than receiving. So he'll, I think that's probably why his draft capital was as high as it was. But there's a pretty open spot yeah. there for the, the third wide receiver in, at the Chargers. Yeah, I think he'll be a good special teams guy. He's really quick. And he could be like a field stretcher type guy. I don't know if he'd be great fantasy but who knows they don't have that much depth that receiver there either didn't okay. didn't trevor talk about joe no 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 i'm pretty sure we talked about joe mama oh my god <laughs> okay and now on that note we're going to sixth round how about that that's some banter folks all right sam keep all right going. sixth rounder we got qb jake lot or Lutton. i'm gonna butcher some of these names probably no running backs were taken donovan peoples jones to cleveland we had quez walking to philly who trevor just mentioned james porsche to baltimore isaiah hodges to uh buffalo desmond pat patman patman to indiana and freddie swain to uh seattle and then two tight ends charlie warner and tyler davis who i personally just don't give a shit about so i don't even think we're gonna touch on them again this is wide receivers not a single running back was taken here so let's get into it. First guy I want to mention, and this is an athletic freak from, was it Michigan, Michigan State? Donovan Peoples-Jones to Cleveland. I personally didn't see much out of Peoples-Jones besides I loved his combine numbers because the dude is a specimen. He's athletic. He had, what, a 44-inch vertical? Let me let me check quick. He had, just, he had a... 40, or he had a 44 and a half inch vertical, ran a 44 or 448, 2 212. Broad jump was ridiculous, athletic, but doesn't didn't show much in college. Um, and obviously with Cleveland having the two wide receivers, uh, I mean he has the potential to be a third guy. I don't know. What do you guys think about him? Uh, I mean he was a five star athlete coming out, and he had so much hype coming out of high school. Uh, obviously did not translate super well to the college game, but I, I've, I've looked into it a little bit. A lot of Michigan fans are blaming it a bit on the system, but obviously if a guy is super talented, you hope that's not going to matter and they'll just they'll break out regardless of what the situation is. Um, but he's someone who's interesting. That's not the best situation to land in, especially if you're a sixth rounder and there's not a whole lot of uh, capital invested into you. But it's really just Rashard Higgins there, I think, as the, the third guy. And he has, a, looked, he has looked good. He's um, on a one-year contract only, too, I think. Yeah, so there's there's room for him to – maybe he gets coached up this year um, and, and he can improve because I, I really think being at Michigan didn't do him any justice. And if he went to pretty much – I know he had the pick of the litter for schools, too. If he would have went to a, a better school that maybe could have coached him up better, um, he could have – then uh, we could have been talking about him a little earlier, I guess. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Austin, you have anything else to add on him? Yeah, I like his talent a lot. I 
I heard that his QB play was pretty bad at Michigan too, so that plays part of the role that he did bad. But and also they could uh, Cleveland could move on from either OBJ or Jarvis Landry too. So for sure, for sure. they could have more of a shot at the team. For sure, and I mean, obviously, a lot of these guys you can you can learn a lot after the year one what you got with them. But Peoples Jones was an athletic monster. I mean, not that that's going to translate, but he has all the tools. He has the tools if he can learn to just be an all-around better receiver. I mean, he he could carve out a role potentially long-term. Um, yeah, he's someone you probably don't want to you don't necessarily need to draft this year unless you really believe in the talent. Because um, yes. I don't think he's doing much year one, possibly not even year two. But um, if you if you start seeing some improvement from him and thing and dominoes start kind of falling uh, for him, where he might have a starting role, then maybe you go trade for him before that that breakout happens. But I just I don't know if it's uh, happening soon. No, for sure. Um, I and then the next guy I wanted to talk about, and Trevor already touched on him and did the per- perfect analysis of Mario is Quez Watkins to Philly. Just another one of those guys Philly's got had nothing last year, so he has that opportunity. Um, the same as John Hightower. I actually I liked Quez Watkins a little bit more before the draft, but we already touched on him. So Austin, is there any guys right here that you wanted to, that you you liked their film before and they just fell in the drafts a little bit? Yeah, there's one guy that I like here. I guess two of them I kind of like. But uh, James Prochet, mm. he had one of the best hands in college football. He's pretty solid receiver. He doesn't do like anything super well besides catch everything. But he, uh, Baltimore's a pretty good landing spot, I'd say, for that. They don't have like uh, any receivers that are really set in stone to be good going forward in the future right now. There's so he has a good to shot to be a good receiver there, yeah. Yeah. Same school as... Uh, Cortland Sutton, Trevor's Trevor's favorite player, and uh, I I had actually heard uh, I think it was Field Yates. His the first time I heard of him, Field Yates had brought him up back in like February and mentioned him. His name uh, he had eleven uh, one hundred and eleven targets or eleven a hundred and eleven receptions. Sorry, twelve hundred and twenty five yards and fifteen touchdowns. Obviously that was at SMU, but it, he's a guy that like you said he. You liked his film, and he landed in a decent spot for opportunity. Him, him, Duvernay, and then I think they have Miles Boy. Was it Miles Boykins from last year? Yeah. But Isaiah Hodges or uh, James Porce is a different type of receiver than a Miles Boykin. He's because Boykins is six four, six five, and Hodgins is a smaller, smaller, more s- slot type player, which I think would they need on that team. Yeah. If he was in the slot, I think he'd have a pretty good. He could have a pretty decent fantasy career if it works yeah. out. Yeah, and he produced all four years as well. Um, right away in his freshman year, he had 700 yards, and he only had more than that uh, going into his senior year, ending up with 1,200, I think, there. But he's also a pretty good special teamer, too. So I think he's he's definitely got a role in this team. Um, and it, like you guys are saying, it's pretty wide open as well. For sure. So, the, so is that everything on James? On Mr. A, Crochet? Yeah. 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 Yeah, because I want to talk about Isaiah Hodgins. Let's hear it. So I liked Isaiah Hodgins before the draft because I just saw I saw some of his um, film come up from from Oregon. And I guess we'll start off. He's six foot four, 210 pounds. Um, He is a junior that went into the draft. 
but his last season, he caught 86 passes for almost 1,200 yards and 13 touchdowns. So the man can produce. The problem with him is, and this is where he got killed in like reviews, is that he only ran a 4.6140, and his three cone was only seven was seven seconds. So they kind of tore on him for being slow on that end in this draft class. But the man's got hands and can catch balls and make moves, obviously. And when it comes down to his landing spot going to Buffalo, I think it's it should with that young team he has the ability to grow there and really become a, a healthy receiver. And their other receivers aren't big. They got yeah. uh, what's his that, name Brown, John Brown, and I mean Dig, what Diggs is six six one. I mean Diggs isn't bad, but he's he's a big body receiver, so he's he's a huge receiver. That, he's unique to that team, and I think that gives you that a better opportunity if you're unique to that team. Because if he was the same size as Diggs and John Brown in that deep threat, then it'd be a little bit different. But he he like you said, he's a little bit slower, but he's that big bodied. Player, I mean, so. six foot four. I mean, like, I mean, you're started when you're a wide receiver like that. I mean, you're starting to hit tight end type size right there. He's a little on the, he's a little on the um, lower weight side, but I mean, he's got 33 inch arms and almost 10 inch hands. I mean, the guy's a big dude. And this is kind of a cool fact we were talking about earlier in this draft class. How there's a lot of old time NFL players whose kids are in this draft class. Hodgins is the son of the NFL fullback James Hodgins. If you guys knew that. So, no. so that's why he's big, because he's the kid of a fullback. <laughs> so, and, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Just kind of cool. I think he's going to be a fun guy to watch. I don't know who drafted him in our league. Do we Not know? sure. Not, I'm not sure. sure. Might have been me. I think James <laughs> has him, yeah. yeah. That might have been me. Um, but he does have a massive catch radius as well. Um, yeah. And and I think they're going to use them on red zone packages, exactly how you're saying. Like, they have so many of these smaller receivers. Uh, Diggs is only six foot, and I know he plays pretty big, and he's amazing on contested catches. And obviously, they're not going to take him out for that, for any any uh, plays, really. But um, I definitely think Isaiah Hodgins could get get some touchdowns this year, even. For sure. Um, off that, I mean, really, we touched on most of the guys who said, Desmond Pat and Freddie Swan, and I don't think we really want to touch on them unless you guys have something to say about them. I don't. Let's move on to the seventh round. We had four quarterbacks taken. Cole McDonald had a farm. Uh, we had <laughs> Ben Denichi or something like that to Dallas. You had Tommy Stevens. I like that name kind of. That's, that's such a the, name right there. I know. Tommy. Tom, I like Tommy Boy. And then we got, we got the GOAT himself, Nate Stanley to Minnesota. He's going to be Kirk Cousins' replacement. Just kidding. We're tanking for two of this year. Uh, running back wise, we got Wait. Eno Benjamin going Wait. to Arizona. Hold up, what? Tank for Trevor, bro. What are we tanking tank for, Trevor? for? Trevor Lawrence. You said tanking for Tua. <laughs> Explain <laughs> yourself. <laughs> well, knowing the Vikings, that's what they would say because fuck. Oh my god. Minnesota sports man. Timberwolves have lost their draft picks in the year for tampering, like. Something that the Vikings sound like they do try and draft a guy that was in the previous year. So just a Minnesota sports. I'm not thing. gonna lie, this is my first time looking up Nate Stanley's picture, and he is like the <laughs> like the plainest looking goofball I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it fits the name. <laughs> really does. Is An he, interesting. Yeah. He's from Wisconsin. Of course, he looks like that. Oh God. 
Wisconsin people. Yeah, they come out <laughs> weird over there. Huh? They, they they sure do. Let's uh <laughs> these running backs though the seventh round running backs we got uh Eno Benjamin who's uh was a big name before going to Arizona we got Raymond Calais to Tampa Malcolm Perry to Miami and then we had Juwan Jennings to San Francisco KJ Hill to the Chargers and Tyree Cleveland to Denver and then Stephen Sullivan to Seattle. So, let's start off, and since Trevor's got the current backup there, Eno Benjamin. Yeah, I think he's probably the most hyped guy in the seventh round, and you hate this. A lot of people thought he would be going higher, maybe like a fourth round pick. Some people even thought maybe third round, but um, regardless, seeing him drop to the seventh round is not a pretty sight, although it's not a bad spot. Uh, Kenya Drake is only on a one-year contract and uh, transition tag. They have been talking about extension, but I don't. I don't know. I they might not do that. That's it, he's not worth probably the money that, that he's asking for. So, um, and that's all you would want is. I mean, if if they move on from him, he, he's got a good chance if he shows up this year. He only has Chase Edmonds, who I think is a solid back, but you know Benjamin brings a different kind of. Uh, like pass catching role. I think it would be almost a, a opportunity for them to be a one, two punch if they wanted to move on from Kenyon Drake. Uh, what do you guys think? I, I liked, Eno you know, Benjamin before the draft and I, obviously that seventh round pick really kind of hurts his prospects of being fantasy relevant ever, but um, we've seen it done before with like Chris Carson. So I guess it's possible. I, I thought he was a super shifty dude, and he, he had pretty good numbers coming out. Um, he, he was able to catch a lot of passes, uh, had pretty good uh, yards per carry as well. I think this last year he was a little bit down at 4.3, but before that it was 5.5 and 6.2. So I, I overall liked his tape. He's not a super athletic guy, um, not super explosive, but um, – He's a guy who I think has some potential. I, I don't think he's going to not have a role on this team. They drafted him for a reason. Um, yeah. I think and I think that's what the biggest thing is, that he has that opportunity. You know, Benjamin, I mean, looking back a couple months, people were there was people that were talking about him as a top seven running back in this draft. Like, he was getting talked about, and then as the season kept going on, people started doing more looking into him, obviously hearing more from NFL scouts. He just kept dropping and dropping, and I think a lot. Of, I don't know. I was kind of surprised he fell to the seventh round. I thought he was a fifth round, fifth I round type fifth player. Round too. Yeah. Like yeah, day, early day three potentially, mid day three, but falls to the seventh round. And, but you couldn't have asked, like you said. I don't think you could ask for much better of a landing spot. Maybe like a Miami who doesn't have a running back, like where that Malcolm Perry. I don't even know who he really is to be honest. I'm not going to even mention him. But landing in a spot like that, we might have been a little bit more excited. But it's a spot where. Eno could rip out a pass catching role because I think he was a pretty solid pass catcher. He wasn't the greatest runner, but his pass catching ability is pretty nice. Yeah, I have his stats up right now. He had 42 catches last year and then 35 uh, his sophomore year the year before. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Uh, over 600 on, yards. Remind me, how, no, much 600. Was his, how, was he, how much was he used his freshman year? Not much. He only had like but he was total used 157 as... yards. Yeah, sophomore year he had 19 uh, 100 yards from scrimmage. Yeah, so he's touchdowns. been used the past two years at a pretty decent school. So I mean, he was a guy that we said we talked about before. Um, I don't know, Austin. Do you got any more tape analysis on him? I think 
he just wasn't a great runner. He was a great pass catcher though in college. I felt like. Yeah, I see him. I see him more as like a pass catcher in the NFL. He's a little bit smaller, and he's really quick and shifty though. So that would work out really well for pass catching. I don't think I could see him like taking the running down roll that easily. He'd probably get injured or something. But he is a yeah. really good running back overall. So just probably like third down back, maybe some relief and and that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And if I mean, I mean, if they don't like Kenyon Drake or they don't sign Kenyon Drake, he potentially pulls out a role for him to be that pass catcher back. If they go to a two running back committee where they get a pounder and they get him to be that pass catcher. Again, you're looking for guys that with in this when these later in this rookie draft, you're looking for a guy that you can maybe get one week of play and your whole time having him. And if you can get that one week out of playing him in fantasy, I mean, he did his job. So I think that's a that's a really good thing to point out, Sam. Like, I'll just jump in and say, like, that's a great thing to remember when we're talking about players like this. Like, when you're getting them late like this and you can throw them into your, your roster, great way to think about it. You know, if you get one good week of flex out of them in their time on your team, it's worth it. It's a great way to look at this stuff. I just wanted to say thank you for acknowledging that fact. Really appreciate well, it. And I, I just want to chime in and say – a lot of these guys are only going to be relevant for a deep league. If you're in a shallow uh, dynasty league, uh, none of these guys are even going to ring a bell until maybe they, you know, very true. Kenyon Drake, let's say Kenyon Drake does go out with an injury. And then, um, you know, Benjamin has a 15, 20 point week. Then maybe you, you get him up, the waivers, up, but yeah. yeah, but this is more so for the deeper leagues. You know, you get into the 12, 14, 16 teams, or you have a lot of roster spots. Um, in 32 our man leagues. Yeah. <laughs> so th- that's kind of what we're talking about when we're talking about these late round guys. Yeah. So I think that's kind of wrapping up uh, all these guys. I just wanted to ask quick if there's out of all the guys we've talked about today, if you guys can pick one dude who you want on your team and you think should for sure be drafted, who would that be? And I, I mean, we probably are going to have similar answers here, but mine's going to be Quintez Safis, I guess. That's the guy who I would for sure want to try and go after if I can. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to hear what you guys had for that answer. Yeah, we'll have Austin Hoppin next, and we'll go with Trevor Spencer, then me, just so we can kind of keep it in a simple order since we're all not by each other. Yeah, I would go with Quintez Safis, too. I think he has the best potential to actually carve out a decent NFL role and be fantasy relevant. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like Stevens. He'd probably be my number two. I would actually take Tyler Johnson as um, out of these guys as my favorite. I, I just liked his tape more and his production. Um, but, yeah, Cephas would be number two for me. See, and uh, just because I talked about him and I liked him before all this happened, I'm going to go with Isaiah Hodgins. I really think that he has the ability to become a nice uh, red zone target there in Buffalo. So that's going to be and my guy I want. My, my guy would be Tyler Johnson, but just since you already mentioned him, Trevor, I'm going to say the, my, my second guy would be Quez Watkins. Dude's fast. They love those fast guys. There. I know Jalen Rieger, but I think Rieger's going to be used a lot more than just, uh, just his speed downfield. So I think Quez Watkins could potentially pull out his role. Um, so, I mean, that, that really covers – I mean, granted, we had Juwan Jennings, KJ Hill, and we don't, I, but I don't want to touch any of those guys personally – touch on any of those guys personally. Um, there's a few undrafted guys I thought we could potentially t- touch on quick and talk about um, – and we had discussed before, and um, that being Thaddeus Moss, Quantry Davis to the Vikings, and Michael Warren to Philly. So let's just start out at the top with uh, – Thaddeus Moss, obviously, the son of the great Randy Moss for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, 
one of the, he was Joe Burrow's tight end and really, I mean, really showed this last year, obviously when you have the best quarterback in college, one of the best quarterbacks in college history, like in the sense of best seasons, um, throwing to you, you're going to have a good season, but I think this landing spot was great. I think, I mean, not landing spot, I think the place he signed was great. They don't have a set in stone tight end right now. And Moss isn't just Moss isn't a great blocker. He is a great pass catcher though, and I think he showed that this last year with Joe Burrow. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say. I think it was pretty straightforward with that. I, um, I think he would be. I think I just like the landing spot uh, really mm-hmm. well. Is there's not much competition in front of him. You, you have Jeremy Sprinkle, Richard Rogers. They who's the quarterback tight end guy over there? Jordan Thomas. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. There's not much competition, so yeah, he has a chance. Great to opportunity make a for him. Yeah, for sure. He's a guy I would be taking ahead of. I mean, we mentioned a lot of guys, but he's a guy I would be taking if I need a tight end. Like, he's a guy I'm thinking about in the late fourth, early fifth, maybe potentially even if I need a tight end. Like, just because of the opportunity. Because if you have that one pick and you need a tight end, you're going for upside there anyways. So I think I'm drafting him higher than a lot of guys. These other guys that we ever talked about. So, um. Quantry Davis, James, I know you wanted to kind of talk about him, or you had mentioned him, if you want to hop on or talk about him a little bit. Yeah, sure. I'm sure Austin has some stuff to say about him, too. Um, Honestly, it's kind of crazy because he went undrafted, and obviously uh, K.J. Osborne we actually took in whatever round it was. Um, But I think Davis has the better opportunity to actually be a fantasy-relevant guy. Um, That third wide receiver spot on the Vikings, who who he was drafted to, um, is still pretty open. Um, There's not really a solidified guy there, for sure. Olabisi Johnson has looked pretty good, but I don't... I feel like we, we could easily upgrade from him if we wanted to, and I think that was kind of the idea here, to maybe grab someone as a flyer who, who could improve and be really good. His tape looks great um, from Texas A&M. His stats weren't amazing the last two years, but he looks really good on tape, and I think a lot of people are pretty excited about the possibility of making him into a great receiver, as the Vikings have been able to do with some of these later round picks and on undrafted guys like Thielen as well. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good on tape too. I thought he'd be more like a fifth rounder type guy or something like that. So really, I'm glad we picked him up because he definitely has a opportunity to uh, be our wide receiver three or something. Yeah, and I th- I feel like a few teams were after him as well, trying to sign him after the draft. Um, and I think we had to pay uh, decent money to get him. Um. But yeah, I think it's an interesting guy that you should for sure be trying to pick up, maybe even after your rookie drafts, because I know in a lot of places he's probably going undrafted as well. A lot of people don't, yeah, a lot of people don't know about him. So he's a guy that you pick up off the waiver in your off season. Um, perfect. The last guy we wanted to really touch on from this uh, undrafted committee was uh, Michael Warren, Cincinnati running back, five nine, a whopping two twenty six at five nine though. And I know Trevor ended up getting him. If you want to talk about him a little bit. Yeah, and I think this just kind of um, goes with the opportunity. that They don't have a whole lot behind Miles Sanders. I know people like uh, Boston Scott, right? Or, yeah, yeah, Boston Scott. Yeah. And they have Corey Clement. Um, 
but neither of those guys are that impressive. At least I didn't think so. I guess no. some people like Boston Scott, but th- there's a lot of uh, potential for him to be to carve out a role in that offense, and it's a pretty favorable spot to be for a running back. It, it's done. I mean, Miles Sanders has done well this past year, and running backs have done great in Philly in the past. Yeah. Um. I actually liked him quite a bit more than being an undrafted free agent before the draft. I thought he'd maybe be like a fifth and sixth rounder kind of landing um, area, and I, he he didn't get drafted. But I liked him before, and I think he could carve out a at least be um, on the team, and that's kind of what you're looking for with these running backs that's, that are undrafted. I, yes, I think that's the big thing with him. I'll just mention this quick, Spencer. Sorry. No, you're um, fine. I, it's fine. He, he is a he is a different type of running back than they have he is gonna be that like goal line back and that's what yes. you're looking you're looking for that different and okay that's what you're gonna like that's i just exactly wanted to because he he's not he's not because boston scott is very similar from what we saw last year to the way miles sanders plays. so sure boston scott can back up miles sanders but they've always used that two running back committee and obviously we all love miles sanders but i don't think they're gonna go fully away from using a second guy and michael michael warren he could be a guy that if there is an injury he can get you a two touchdowns on 10 carries for 30 yards type of guy you know like he he's a guy if you absolutely need to in a deeper league a 14 team league and you need to play him he can be that guy and i mean he might prove to be more than that but he at least has that differentiation between the being that pass catching back he's that he's that grinder he's going to be that down one and two where you're just pushing him out the middle or at the goal line you're gonna be pushing him out the middle so well and that's what i kind of want to jump in and say i mean trevor aren't you five nine five ten on tinder man Ah. but it's like you took trevor and you put almost two 45 pump plates on him and that's how much this dude weighs this guy is a tank so, I mean, to back Huge. up what Sam's saying, like, yeah, he he probably will get you a touchdown or two. Goddamn bowling ball. Seriously, the guy's huge. I mean, the guy weighs as much as me, and I'm six foot four. <laughs> I have seven inches on this. I mean, like, you really need to think about it. That guy is just a tank. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you, your analysis right there, Sam, was 100% right, and I'm thanks for cutting me off, but I just wanted to emphasize that. <laughs> Shows how much bigger Trevor could be if he tried. All right. <laughs> Austin, any any undrafted guys that we missed that you really liked? Um, there was another guy that went to that same team, actually, as a running back that I really like, but he's kind of a long shot guy. His name's Adrian Killens. He's okay, so fast, him. though. He's insane. What was the, Do you know what his 40 time was? It's like 4-3. Oh jeez! But he's guy. like 185 pounds right now. <laughs> he's 177 pounds. I, he might be like, Whoa. no, he bulked up a little bit. Okay, but That's yeah, so, uh, he's just he's so electric though. But uh, yeah, he's he's probably more of a long shot than Michael a, Warren. A guy to keep uh, an eye out on your waiver wire if you're in a really deep league. Pretty much, pretty much just a waiver yeah. guy to watch. Yeah. Deep, really and deep I mean, the Eagles are a great spot for running backs like this because I, I think next to the Seahawks, like they'll give a chance to anyone who mm-hmm. performs in practice. They don't care about your your draft capital at all. And obviously, they they've ran like three running back committees for however long now with Peterson. So I, I think any of these guys are worth at least an ad. Completely agree. 
Or even if you don't have room to add them, just keep watch for them. If somebody goes down in front of them, and they could actually make a roll. Yeah, pick yeah. them up before your team, yeah. like before they get a play that week kind of deal. And and that's the crazy part about it. When you were in your deeper leagues, last year I picked up that Darnell, or what is his name? What was his damn name? He was on KC. And I Darryl picked Williams. him up. Dar- yeah, Darrell Williams, I think it was. And he was like the fifth running back. But there were so many injuries. I played him one week because my team was all hurt. I had lost Saquon. I had lost a whole bunch of other guys. I played him one week. He got me 25 points. That like, was uh, Michael Warren's NFL comp. I thought it was oh, a pretty good comp. Really? <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. It's just like those, these guys, like, you got to keep an eye out. And then if you know about them and no one else does, you can get like, and you get them before someone, you might have to play them and they might save you. Like, they might save you a week. I think I ended up winning that week. And it was like, I had these I had two scrubs in there that shouldn't have done anything. He ended up getting me 25 points. So just it just shows that even if they are these guys that are on your waiver wires and you're in a deep league, Keep an eye out, and you can have that advantage on your league mates. So, definitely. All right. Well, does anyone have like anything else to add? You know, we're about to hit that forty-five minute point on the episode. So, no, we never stay below forty-five minutes. This is I great. I I do want to say thanks to Austin for jumping in. You know, for always looking out for the mediocre out there. He's really helping us get through these last couple rounds. So I appreciate his devotion to the game and to the sport. Yeah, he, he yeah, he's our okay. he's our guy. He's our guy for those late rounders. Love it. Keep grinding that tape, boy. Keep I want to hear that. your uh, I want to hear your your picks for the twenty one draft that are going in the seventh and no, sixth. No, those round. are going to oh. be secrets. You know, Austin's already watching high school tape right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's jumping into that pee wee fo- flag football right now. The sixth grade football. He started scouting these kids. Oh, man. How's Austin spending his summers? Oh, yeah, he's traveling around the Midwest watching football games. Oh, like college? No, no, middle <laughs> middle school teams, lots of pony league. <laughs> A lot of up-and-comers, though. He found the next Adrian Peterson. I mean, he knows it. <laughs> be watching out. Uh, Austin will be starting his uh, – He's going to be an agent here in the next couple of years for 14-year-olds. It's going to be great. Oh, <laughs> All right, calm down. <laughs> hey, man, it's a thing. That kid from the Super Bowl commercial is doing it. Yeah. Bunchy? Bunchy, bro. <laughs> I love that kid. <laughs> the next OBJ? Oh, gosh. You mean the next Antonio Brown? Is that that Instagram yeah. kid? I feel like I've seen stuff yeah. on him. Oh, He's like 14 and he has a new team every week because he hates everybody because they're bad. <laughs> All, right, <laughs> like uh, that kid. All right, next uh, week we're doing a whole out. episode on Bunchy, so get ready for <laughs> can't miss Tune it. Tune in. <laughs> no one's done that. No, one, no one's done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, All right, well, good deal, everybody. So, I mean, if anyone else said anything to add? I mean, I know I kind of brought it up earlier. We, we're going to try to be talking about Sam and I are, like, co-owning a 32-man keeper league, which is an interesting journey for both of us. We'll let yeah. you talk about it for, like, five minutes because no one wants to hear about 32-man leagues. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's our first IDP. There's IDP. So yeah, there's IDP. A little, a little bit of IDP. That makes it interesting, spot. I guess. Yeah, one IDP spot, yeah, but... <laughs> All right, so and, I mean, all you gotta do, all you gotta do is know it's linebackers, so it's not that freaking hard, but whatever. No, it's just like weird, like uh, this league. There's so many different personalities in this, you know, 32 man. So like, people are like valuing certain players higher, and you're seeing players fall. It's just, it's, it's interesting. 
But hey, if we win, we get a signed jersey with the best with the best player on our team, right? Yep. Yeah, so the best player on your fantasy team, they'll get you a signed jersey and mail it to you. So that's kind of cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, but that's about it on my end. Um, but we're heading into Memorial Day weekend. So with that, uh, I just kind of want to say everyone have a good Memorial Day weekend. You know, any vets listening out there, thank you for your service. Uh, sure. Trevor, thank you for your service. Just National uh, Guard. Folks. I didn't do that much don't, service. Don't <laughs> <do that. laughs> Weekend warrior. No, just, just, just. So, uh, but yeah, Sam, you want to say any closing thoughts? Stay frosty. Trevor, have a good weekend, guys. James, I have nothing to say. And uh, big, a hey, big shout out again. Thanks to our good friend Austin. You have anything to kind of wrap up for everybody? Thanks again for joining us. Oh, it was a good podcast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Until next time, catch you later. You just listened to the Four Below Fantasy Football Podcast with Spencer, Trevor, James, and Sam. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at 4BelowFF. Until next time.